1: Good evening. I'm Amrita Myers, and welcome to this edition of Bring It On. We're a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 14 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans.
2: Good evening, Amrita, and uh, let's get right down to it. I'm William Hosea. And on June 16th, Eric Logan, a 54-year-old father of seven, was leaning inside a vehicle when South Bend Sergeant Ryan O'Neill approached him and asked if the vehicle belonged to him, according to the civil rights lawsuit filed by Logan's family on Wednesday. The officer who was responding to reports of a burglary said Logan threatened him with a knife before he fatally shot him, but the victim's family denied those claims and accused the officer of shooting him because of his race.
1: On politics' biggest stage last Thursday night, Pete Buttigieg looked confident and crisp on national television as he answered Democratic debate questions about health care, student debt, climate change, and international relations with China. What a difference a few days makes. On Sunday afternoon, the 37-year-old mayor had been somber and browbeaten as African-American residents in South Bend, Indiana, gave him an earful at a chaotic town hall after that fatal shooting by a white police officer whose body camera was deactivated.
2: You running for president and you want black people to support you and vote for you, that's not going to happen. One resident told Buttigieg at an emotionally tense town hall meeting on Sunday, June 17th. The 37-year-old mayor sent out an email to supporters after the town hall, saying the heated tone of the meeting reflected the pain of black communities across the country. It was a painful but needed conversation, and I feel overwhelmed and hardened by the number of people, supporters and critics who have reached out and made it clear over the past week that they want to join hands and face those problems together. The mayor wrote, our American values are at stake and the need for us to address the deep mistrust of police and governments among communities of color, which flows directly from the consequences of systemic racism.
1: The family of Eric Logan is seeking undisclosed compensatory and punitive damages. O'Neill is currently on administrative leave. To help us further explore this incident and its effects on police relations in South Bend's black community and Mayor Pete Buttigieg's presidential hopes, we have invited Bring It On contributor and Notre Dame University Director of Diversity and Inclusion, Eric Love, to join us. Along with residing in South Bend, Eric attended that raucous town hall meeting. Eric, welcome back to Bring It On.
0: Thank you. Good to be with you tonight.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you back on with us this evening.
0: Yeah, thank you.
2: So, Eric, we um, provided a brief summary about the situation on 16 June when Sergeant O'Neill fatally shot uh, Eric Logan. But is there any more? Is there a backstory? Is there more to that story that, that you can tell us about?
0: Um, there is a little bit of a backstory that I don't. I'm unclear of all the details. Um, there is another uh, case with the South Bend police that have to do with uh, a recording of a police conversation. Um, apparently, some officers, probably six years ago, maybe, were having a conversation, and it was apparently accidentally recorded, and they used some racial slurs. Um, the police officer at that time. Um, actually, it would have been more than six years ago, the police police chief at that time was African-American. As the story broke and um, things got heated, Pete Buttigieg actually fired that police officer. So I don't know the details of the firing, but I know that one of the critiques is that that officer got fired under some um, controversial uh, issues, and now why didn't, Uh, Mayor Pete fire the current police chief. So that's another underlying theme that that was going on with what happened. Uh, So a couple of issues with the Eric Logan incident. Um, There was a report that someone was breaking in cars uh, by Central School Apartments. Um, The police officer drove up. His lights were out. Apparently the dashboard cam is not activated unless your lights are on, so the dashboard didn't cover um, any anything, and then his body cam was also turned off. So he,
1: we have no car dash cam, and we have no body cam. Neither of those cameras was activated.
0: Correct. <laughs> he claims that, as as you mentioned, that um, Eric Logan had threatened him with a knife. Uh, Eric Logan's family says that Eric was actually afraid of police officers and would have never threatened the police because he was afraid of being killed by police um there were some so eric was shot um an ambulance was called but they didn't wait for the ambulance another police car came in they put eric in the back of of his police car and drove him to um the hospital so that was another point of controversy like why didn't they let the paramedics come and start to work on him while he was on his way to the hospital instead of putting him in the back of a um, police car. And I believe he, the bullet um, hit his spine, and so he may have been paralyzed at that point. Um, so that's another point of contention. A question that I had is the news report said that the police officer um, went to the hospital and was treated for minor injuries and released, but no one ever talked about what, what injuries. Did Eric Logan actually stab him? Was there a, a fight? What injuries did this police officer have? So that's the one question that I really had. Um, and, of course, that hasn't been, been answered yet or discussed. Uh, but that's sort of the background. Um, at, the, at the public forum, a lot of the questions were, why would a police officer put the shooting victim in the back of his car and rush him to the hospital? That's not standard procedure. Why were there no body cams? Um, and why hasn't the current police chief been fired? And then, of course, why have... Why don't we have more black police? And then the list of complaints goes on and on.
1: So was were any of these questions answered, Eric? Because these are questions that we have a, a town of, correct me if I'm wrong, 6% of the police force is African American in South Bend. And what is the... African American population, twenty six percent of the population of South Bend is black? Yeah. So okay, I I just wanna make sure I had my numbers right. Six percent of the police force is black, twenty six percent percent of the of the city is is black. Um, but were any of these questions asked? Because one, the, my immediate question was, okay, the light, if the lights are off, the dash cam doesn't get activated. But why was the officer's body cam deactivated?
0: Yeah, and nobody has been able to answer that, including Mayor Pete. So the policy says that any interaction with um, the public, the cam, or any call, that the police officers, when they, when they arrive on a call, their body cam is supposed to be on. That is um, the policy, so the policy hadn't been followed.
1: So he deliberately turned it off?
2: Possibly, I can't say. Or he intentionally um, did not activate well,
1: it. Well, he did not activate it. Okay, he didn't turn it off, but he he didn't turn it on.
2: Yeah.
0: Correct.
1: He didn't turn it on. Let's put it that way. He didn't turn it on.
0: Correct. And so there were several um, questions asked Um. But it was difficult for um, police, police chief, or Mayor Pete to answer any questions because every time they would be in, begin to speak, then people would yell from
1: the audience. I heard this town uh, hall got very heated.
0: It did. One one woman, a uh, few rows behind me, um, she's not an African American woman. I'm not sure if she is white or Latina, but she said her daughter was harassed by the police and may have been arrested, but they did not use their body cams and that may have been in um, January of this year and so she said that she complained to the, the mayor that they're not using their body cams um, and nothing was done so she continued to yell throughout the whole um, forum uh, and so a major problem with the forum is that people didn't allow anyone to um, to answer any questions.
1: You know William and I were having this conversation Eric about like what is the point of having body cams if they can be randomly turned on and off, it will. It seems rather pointless. Uh, all across the country, people keep arguing for police forces to have this um, to have this technology, but it seems like what's the point if you can, you know, turn them on and off? Yeah. I mean, is it? <laughs> you know, as as a person who is, uh, I spend part of my life in the classroom and the other part doing ju- social justice work and activism, you know, right. I'm sort of, um, you know, incredulous that we have um, departments who are spending money on this stuff, and then people can just willy decide to turn the stuff off. Um, yeah, y- You know, I mean, is it possible to purchase equipment that can't be turned off? Do you know, I mean, do you have insight into this for our listeners?
0: I'm, I'm afraid I don't have too much insight, but I know that the cameras that were purchased by um, the city of South Bend using tax dollars are supposed to activate. They're, they're supposed to be on and not. So It. Um, I don't think it's a failure of the actual cam cameras. I think it's the operator of the cameras that maybe can determine if they're turned on or turned off. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: there's not an automatic. Um, yeah. They don't automatically come on as soon as somebody engages. You have to have them on or off. Um, so the the sad thing are, it may have been intentional. Who knows? But uh, if if police departments were more transparent, left their body cams on, which was their in, original intent, you know, they, then the police department may have been vindicated and showed that Eric Gardner attacked him with a knife, or or the opposite. You know,
1: and so they should be motion activated. I mean, the minute that you know that that's the thing that really frustrates. They, me. they
2: need those blink door cams. Is what it is.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, hey, Eric, um, so far, uh, ever since this incident took place, all of the news reports have focused on Mayor Pete. Mm. But is there anything you can anything more you can tell us about Eric Logan? I know he was a uh, father of seven. seven, but I'm wondering if he had any uh, history of mental illness, because when you think about it, someone comes at a cop with a knife. A, a, you know
1: allegedly allegedly william right yeah so i um
0: i don't i didn't know eric logan but i have seen him several times mm-hmm. uh, and uh yeah we're about the same age got the same first name <laughs> <laughs> similar last name love logan Um, uh, but i did see him around town periodically at at different events um i i don't know if he had a history of mental illness um i I allegedly there is some previous record, uh, a criminal record that he may have had. I'm I'm uncertain. Um, But again, his family states that he was a peaceful, loving guy and actually had a fear of police. So they and they say he didn't own a knife. So I don't I don't know um, about his character. Oftentimes when there is a victim um, and I don't think that I think that's one thing that has not happened in this case. Usually, they the victim becomes vilified instantly. Like Trayvon Martin, they went back to saying he was high in high school, and you know, things, anytime someone is shot, they vilify the victim. Exactly. This time they really, they really have not. Yeah.
1: We've heard very little about Mr. Logan, actually, it's, other it's than the been fact all that he focused was a father on Mayor of seven. Pete. It's all been about Mayor Pete and yeah. his run for the Democratic nomination, which right. is problematic in an opposite way, actually, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. So I would like to talk about the. Um, the forum a little bit more but before we go further um one thing i wanted to state about the forum the public forum is there have been many police shootings all across the country yes many cities i've never heard of a city having a public forum with the mayor and the chief of police or the people who are accountable sitting on a stage and open to hear what the community has to say being in a vulnerable position and uh, so i i went because i was very impressed with with mayor pete and his willingness to have this forum i kind of suspected that it wouldn't go well because i actually facilitated a uh, community forum between police and, and the community about three years ago and the purpose of the forum was to build um rapport and um some sort of community with each other and uh there were people there that were protesting a different officer at the time and uh every time mayor pete would talk they would boo and yell and then um it just wasn't effective so i i would just like to say that if if the leader of your city or the people who are involved in an incident um, or who are responsible are open enough to have a forum and to hear your your questions and try to answer them and have a dialogue I, I just wish that they would have allowed the process to happen without all the yelling it was completely derailed um, by people yelling. Um, it limited the amount of questions that anybody could ask. Um, I know that there are people hurting. I know that there are people um, highly affected by the shooting of Eric Logan, and I know that there certainly are temp um, temper, <clears throat> tempers and and hurt and pain, as Mayor Pete said. Um, but if I want to initiate change, if I really want change, I, I want to have a dialogue with the, those in charge, um, to make it happen, and just shutting down a public forum where that you had an opportunity to talk to the people in charge, I don't think that was the most um, effective way of communicating the message. I also want to say that while there are a lot of people angry and yelling, there were other people that were yelling at them to shut up to allow the mayor to talk. And so a lot of seems
1: like tempers were very high on both yeah. sides, Eric.
0: Yes, yeah. and I I know I personally prevented a fight between two women. Oh my! Um, there was one woman. A few rows behind me that just kept yelling. There was uh, three women right behind me that kept telling them to shut up and let people talk. And she said, no, this is my one chance that I'm going to be heard, and I'm going to be heard today, and I'm not going to shut up. So one woman stood up and said, I'm going to shut you up. So I kind of ran around to the the end of her aisle that she was in to prevent her from getting out of her aisle. Um, she already was out of her seat, but she just had to take a few steps and then she'd be in the aisle to run up to the other person. And I just said, you know, like, there's so many police around, this isn't what you want, um, let's just try to continue with the forum. And she sat down, but um, that and that was one incident. There was many that happened all over the forum. It was in a big high school auditorium, and uh, many of you saw it on, on CNN or C-SPAN. But, um,
1: I caught parts of it. Just,
0: yeah, it was just not effective. Um yeah. It was not an effective way. It wasn't effective for Pete, Mayor Pete. Um, I think he was trying to reach out to the community, um, but it just wasn't effective because there were some members of the community just did not want to hear what anyone had to say. They said they were there for the open forum, but oftentimes in public forums people want to hear themselves talk. Right,
2: right. Hey, Eric, two things. Yeah. Uh, Number one, with emotions running that high in an incident, uh, following an incident like that, I think the chaos in a forum was totally predictable. Yeah. So maybe they'll come back and, and choose some trusted leaders from the community and have a, uh, a a much smaller forum, something that's manageable, and they can accomplish some of the things that you suggested uh, that, that could come out of a forum like that. The yeah. second thing I want to say is... Uh, You said you have never witnessed a forum like that with the uh, after one of these police shootings with the mayor and the police chief. But I kind of question whether that would have even taken place had this guy not been running for president.
1: You know, I I can't say definitively. Right. I I would. You have to wonder about the optics. Exactly. But
0: I I would say probably. I, I think that. Yeah, it's a 50 50 chance it's either going to be great optics or it's going to be horrible optics and i think it ended up not going so well for mayor pete um so i think i also should disclose a few things i, I certainly have opinions about mayor pete uh, for one when i moved from bloomington to south bend i started working at uh, the university of notre dame as their director of staff diversity and inclusion uh mayor pete um called me down to talk with the directors of his various departments along with our office of institutional equity um, officer and our vice president of human resources. They asked us a lot of questions about the work we were doing. They asked um, me personally if I felt that they needed a diversity officer for the city of South Bend. Um, I said yes. I would strongly um, recommend it. They then consulted with me to write the job description, to source candidates for them, to weed out certain candidates and narrow it down, and then they um, they of course tweaked the job description, and then they um, they made the final hire. Uh, and they ended up hiring someone that I recommended for the um, position, Christina Brooks, and she's done a magnificent job. Um, every time Pete has been challenged with something to do with race, um, he has addressed the challenge. He's um, owned up to it when he's made a mistake. You know, several years ago, he he made the statement that white lives matter when someone asked him about black lives, or he said all lives matter um, when asked about black lives matter. And now he's he still thinks that all lives matter, but he certainly is aware that Black Lives Matter um, is, is an important statement to make. And if Black Lives Matter true, was true, then All Lives Matter would be, uh, wouldn't would be offended by people saying Black Lives Matter, if that, if that makes sense. So he actually has recanted that, that experience. He says he, he can say Black Lives Matter um, and understand it completely. So he's constantly learning. He's very smart, and he's, he is very receptive and um, willing to address issues um he, they have not done well with the police department um like we've lost you know, i think there were 11 percent of the police department were african-american uh when uh, mayor P took over and it's it's dropped under his watch um i don't know if you know we can say that he's directly responsible but certainly something's going on with the police department that they're not retaining their officers of color especially their african-american officers and um so there are some challenges but i really like mayor pete and i like that he um he is very responsive to concerns of the community now uh, another issue is we're not the black community is not a monolithic community <laughs> you know we're not all the same
1: obviously there's,
0: yeah there's different religions there's different social economic <laughs> um statuses there's people in different parts of the uh, different different neighborhoods and our experiences are very different i've been pulled over by the police one time since i've been here i was given a warning i was speeding um I didn't realize I was speeding. They're very polite, and um, I was very polite to them. I didn't have an issue. Uh, other people in the city say that they're, uh, especially black males, say that they will not drive in a car with uh, more than uh, two people because if you have three or four African males and African American males in a car, you're likely to be pulled over. Um, I've heard that story many times while doing diversity training for the city. City employees have said that, but also um, doing work in the community. Um, so I, I didn't know that was a thing. You can't drive across town with more than two or three black males in a car, or you're targeted and pulled over. So there there's a, a whole uh, multiple layers of dynamics that are going on, and it's just hard to address all of them because um, kind of people have their own experiences, and you can't tell someone that their experience is wrong or their perceptive, perception is wrong if that's what they've experienced.
1: So, Eric, you know... Um According to the latest CNN poll, Mayor Pete is polling 0% amongst African Americans today.
2: In South Carolina. (laughs) I I think he's at like 6% nationwide, but South Carolina he's at 0%. Yeah.
0: So I, I, yeah, I hadn't seen that poll. I'm not surprised. I think that um, South Carolina is very religious state. There's a lot of um you know Christian influence in the black community, especially. So I I think with him being um, an openly gay candidate, he's not hiding from that. He got married over just over a year ago to um, to his husband. Um, I think that's going to turn some black uh, some members of the black community against him. And then this other these other issues um, I think aren't helping. I I hope that he stays in there and and continues. To, to fight and try to regain some trust or try to build on that, I I think we would do. Um, I have not definitively determined who I would vote for. I'm definitely liberal, so it won't be Trump. Um, but I I have not, uh, and William knows my <laughs> my years of critiques of Trump, but uh, it will not be, you know, I haven't made definitively a, a choice of who I would like to support. There are certain certain people that I like the best, but... Uh, who, who I like more than others. And Pete is one that I do, uh, Mayor Pete is one that I do like uh, very much. And I think we'd do a lot worse than him um, if he were eliminated because um, the black community doesn't trust him or doesn't support him.
1: But Eric has, so let's take a step back from this. Has anyone actually had a chance to speak with um, Eric Logan's family?
0: So again, um, I was not present at this one, but Mayor, mayor Pete has reached out multiple times to the community. There was a, um, there was a community uh, march and rally that the mayor went to, and um, several people, including members of, of Eric Logan's family, um, spoke with the mayor. And his mother, uh, Eric Logan's mother um, just said, I'm tired of this. You didn't do nothing for my son. You're not doing anything for these people. And I'm tired of hearing you talk. And she just, like, waved him off and walked away. And um, so people look at that as, you know, like a complete mistrust or distrust of of the mayor. But I also think that, you know, if you lose a son and a couple of days later, who's ready to to really have a substantive discussion about it? Um, Or she just feels like the the community, you know, the the city government hasn't done anything. And so she was just exhausted with what had happened. And that was only a few days after her son was killed.
1: Well and this um, is part of a larger I mean if mayor Pete wasn't running for the democratic nomination you know this might not be getting the kind of particular attention that it's receiving but we have to step back and look at it as being part of a larger pattern of police shootings that's happening across the country and has been yeah. for quite a long time right I mean that this yeah. is not this is not unique sadly it is part of a long long pattern of shootings that has been going on for a very long time um, that it's freddie gray that it's know, brown. that it's mike brown that it's you know tamir rice that it's i mean you know there are so i mean and what's sad <laughs> is that i could sit here and probably recite names um and still be going until the yeah. show ends at well past seven o'clock um, and be saying and, say her name and, and say his name. Sandra Bland. And, Sandra Bland. Too. Oh, right. Ren, yeah. You know, Renisha McBride, and we could keep going. Um, and that's what's so incredibly distressing about the whole thing. It's it's children, it's men, it's women of all ages. Um, you know, um, Ayanna Jones, who was seven and sleeping on her grandmother's couch in Chicago. I mean, that's what's it's it's a pattern. Um, You know, and it's not just it's not it's like I said, children, men, women, people of all ages. Um, And I mean, in very, very, very rare circumstances, do we see these perpetrators even brought to justice, they're rarely even indicted, let alone brought to trial.
2: Except for Muhammad Noor.
1: Oh, well, and that was a white woman.
2: That That's my point. <laughs> black, black police officer, white <laughs> female. That was a black female. police
1: officer and a white female. And
2: they dealt with well, him a, swiftly. Right, that
0: was a black immigrant police officer yeah. who may have been Muslim. I know he was um, some of Somali descent, I believe.
1: And yeah, so there and that those I was going to say that is a very unique set of circumstances that you just raised, William Hosea. (laughs) You know, it's it's the
2: contrast, right?
1: It is a contrast. You have a you have a white female victim. You have um, a black male police officer who is as is of immigrant origins. Right. Um, You put all the different pieces together. And boy, oh boy, did that did the ton of bricks fall in those circumstances? Right.
2: Yeah. Okay. Eric, let, let's pivot here for a minute. I want to go back yeah. to last week's debate. Rachel Maddow asked Mayor Pete a very pointed question about the ratio of, uh, black officers in, in South Bend. And he was obviously prepared for that. He came right back. No, no pause, no hesitation. He said, because I, d- I couldn't get it done.
1: Yeah. He's, he, he took the blame.
2: And, and then he went on to, uh, uh, clarify, uh, the situation in South Bend. Now, he got a lot of uh, praise for that in, in media reports, but yeah. um, I re- also read a lot of reports where black folks in South Bend are not satisfied with his answer. Now, do you think that he could have said something different, uh, more, or, or you think he could have said it better to satisfy black folks in, uh, in his home city?
0: So, since black folks were not satisfied with that answer, I would have to say yes. I think he could have done it better. However, I think he took responsibility, and how often do our, our politicians actually take responsibility? So it, it clearly is not his sole responsibility, but as a mayor, you know, the buck stops there. Um, so what, <clears throat> what he didn't mention, I, I know that there's been some newspaper articles, there's been another press release with all the work that Christina Brooks has been doing um, with the city of South Bend and the police department, um, specifically, they've done a lot of diversity training. I've done some training with them, but Christina has done a lot. Um, they have initiative after initiative after initiative. I, they, are, they just got a grant um, probably two or three weeks ago. They're about to start a new program where um, they're doing um, divert, they're recruiting middle school, high school um, students to look at policing as a career they'll go through diversity training and uh, kind of citizens academies um, leading up into their graduation. Um, And then they can have the option of of trying to be an apprentice and actually join a police force. They're also are going to do more extensive um, diversity, inclusion, um, implicit, explicit bias training with the police department. All of that is in the works and was in the works prior to Eric Logan being killed. And so there's always, there's been ongoing efforts to, to make improvements. Um, things take time, and they just mm-hmm. didn't didn't get them done in time. Um, I know personally, uh, I work with the University of Notre Dame Police. Our police chief, uh, her name is Carrie K. Shibata. Um, she's a good friend of mine. I've done extensive training with the police department. They've hired people to do training outside of, of my work. Um, and then we even started having just uh, lunches where we could just sit down with police officers and just... Ask any question you want. What do you want to know about the black community? What you know, and so we talk about sometimes terminology. What terminology can be used? What should we use? Shouldn't we use? Um, just to break the ice and have some real conversations with each other. Um, we're organizing forums with young um, black and brown males on campus um, to try to demystify each other, to get to know each other. Because there's a fear of on um, both sides. I think part of the the national trend. Ah, uh, police officers always say they they feared for their lives. Maybe some of them did. There is a fear of of um, black males, but there's also a fear of of the police department, and and justifiably so. And um, so, I, I, I'm glad that Mayor P <coughs> took responsibility for it. I also think
1: I'm sorry, Eric. Really, they're scared of black men. I'm going to have to inter. I'm just. I need to interrupt here. They're carrying yeah. the guns. <laughs> what on earth? Are they scared of exactly?
0: That's a great question. I saw a, a great meme probably three years ago, and it had it wasn't the Hulk, but it was like some hulking monster that looked similar to the Hulk. And this, and the, it just said, "This is what a fourteen-year-old black boy looks like to police officers." Like, there's just they see a mm-hmm. black male and they have a knee-jerk reaction. Um, it's just a heightened sense of fear i don't know why i can't explain it at at least that's what they claim it is they feared for their
1: lives um i did yeah but this is why mike brown ended up dead in the streets i mean tamir rice was 11 years old they didn't even that that police car hadn't even stopped rolling before those officers unloaded into that boy
0: absolutely and tamir rice didn't look anywhere near a man he was a little guy.
1: He was a kid.
2: Well, that, you know, that's what happens sometimes, unfortunately. When Our get, children
1: when get... are being hyper, you know, hyper vilified. They're being hyper aged. I mean, yeah. they're they're being treated as if they're adults. Absolutely. By from the time they're five years old.
0: They're, they're being treated as adults and as criminals
1: and as criminals. I mean, this is yeah. this is horrifying. I mean, I mean, d- at daycare, at preschool, they're being vilified, they're being, tr- I mean, handcuffed. handcuffed, they're being tracked the way they're <clears throat> treated, even by preschool teachers. I mean, what you're talking about, when you're talking about these lunches and people talking to each other, and well, even the police officers have this sense of fear. I mean, I'm seeing it in moms groups. And when teachers are talking, and, and how they discipline children at daycare. I mean, you're, you know, you are talking about things at the college level, but we're seeing this happen in daycares and the way that children are teaching three uh, and treating three, four and five year olds. You're talking about things that are structural, right? Because even if you have people come in and be cadets and, and diversify police forces and academies, you go to Ferguson and they say that the black police officers were even as bad or worse than the white ones because the academies are pumping out cadets out the other end who are just as bad if they're black and brown as the white ones, because this whole system is rotten yeah. to the core.
0: Yeah, I've certainly heard that. And yeah. there's certainly some uh, police officers of color who um, assimilate to survive or to fit in. And they kind of, they kind of sell out. So you're, ab- you're absolutely right, and I don't, I don't have an answer. I just know that it's a multi-pronged approach. Yeah. There's so much work that needs to be done, um, and a lot of it is historical, and I can't speak to data. Yeah, and you're
1: talking to a historian, Eric. That's what I am. I mean, I'm a historian yeah. of slavery.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So you, you're probably familiar with you know, the expulsion and suspension rates of African-American males in junior high and high school just far exceed anyone else. Um, so we always do studies like what what students have been expelled the most, but we never do studies on what teachers are expelling the students.
1: Exactly. If, if,
0: that, if you did that, you would see there's a pattern, and there's a pattern of people who, if if a black student shows pride or stands up for themselves, they get they're disrespectful, right? So we we want our, you know as a if you're a parent, you want your kids. Parents want their kids to to have self esteem, to stick up for themselves, to. Um, you know, if they're being accused in the wrong,
1: to speak up. And our and our black girls are getting it too. It's not just the black boys. Our our young our young girls are getting the way they're being assaulted in these schools. The videos that are coming out.
2: Yeah. Okay. In uh, the time that we have left, uh, there's a few more things that we want to talk about as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh Going back to Mayor Pete. Yes. Um, Eric, what do do you think that it It means anything that, uh, number one, Donald Trump has not weighed in on this situation in South Bend. And then number two, despite Mayor Pete's criticisms of Donald Trump, he has not he has chosen really not to take him on uh, like he does some other people who criticize him. Yeah.
0: So I I think he like he made some some comment about him looking like a, a kid or looking like. The guy from the mad comics, I think.
2: I Yeah. Remember yeah.
0: what he said. So just something like that. But uh, Mayor Pete is Alfred E. Newman. Uh, yes. So he's smart and uh you know, an intellectual. I I I would love I would pay to see uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg debate Donald Trump. I would love it.
2: Now Mayor Pete is really quick, quick witted. He's quick on his yeah. feet. Uh Ab- and Absolutely Donald Trump couldn't handle him in a one-on-one conversation or debate.
0: That he would just get frustrated. Like, he got frustrated with Hillary, you know, so, um, yeah. So, so I, I don't know. Again, I have a lot of, there's certainly some criticism of Mayor Pete that the, the community has. Um, from from my perspective, um, things that I thought he should work on, he has um, done some work on. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, other than the policing issues, what are the other things happening in South Bend that the African-American and Latinx communities are perhaps frustrated with or are taking Mayor Pete to task on? Because I've heard a few things, but you live there, so maybe you can yeah. talk about those things.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't mean I have any more insight than you. <laughs> I, would say, I would say that um, there is a criticism that there, the, the city has been on the rise economically. There's been a lot of development downtown. Um, one of the criticisms is saying he's focusing too much down, t- building downtown and not in the black um, neighborhoods and the black community.
1: Right. I've been hearing about gentrification, so maybe you could talk a little yeah. bit about that.
0: Yeah, that, that happens absolutely everywhere. And um, it, it happens here in South Bend as well. Um, so there's a difference between the black community and the Latinx community here. The Latinx community, even though they come from a lot of different countries, um, m- predominantly Mexico, but... Um, other countries in South America, Central America as well. But they're kind of working together as a community, and they have uh, a community of Western Avenue that I think at one time was an all-black community. It's now predominantly Hispanic. Um, they've gotten grants from the city to rebuild um, the roads, the sidewalks, to make them nicer, uh, more pedestrian-friendly. They're building their um, restaurants and shops, and it's, they're nowhere near being done but they've had a huge um, improvement in their neighborhoods and the black community hasn't come together and, and, done those things, but there certainly is gentrification. But I would also say, I complained to some of the city officials, like, why, why are these, this money not going into the black community? And they said that they want to help the black community, but you have to build the downtown first because that'll attract businesses and industry, and that'll generate funds. And then you can start spreading it out in the community, but without a base, without an economic base in the downtown area, um, nothing else is going to grow. And South Bend was considered a dead city, you know, like a, several years ago when Mayor Pete took over. And so now it is a more of a vibrant downtown. It hasn't been great for everyone, but we have, uh, you know, there's some uh, black-owned restaurants downtown. There's reggae bands that come through. Um, they're trying to do better in schools, but they have a lot of work there. Um, so I can't, I can't defend everything that Mayor Pete has done and there there definitely needs to be a lot of work. Um, but the Latino community has, has been doing okay. Um, I think the black community needs to work together and hold the city to task as a more unified group. Um, if we're ever going to see some improvement there as well.
2: Well, that's why they have Eric love, but, uh, (laughs) that, that really brings to mind another question. Um, even before the shooting incident, there were reports that, uh, mayor Pete had a black problem. Uh, even w- within his own city so now it's just full blown yeah. but but based on your experience um you said you, you see things that he's doing uh especially yeah. in some some areas where he's taking your recommendations now yeah those of us in bloomington we know and trust eric love so what what is the disconnect between the the black community in general and 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 your experience with mayor Pete
0: yeah. So one, um, there's a huge disconnect between the University of Notre Dame and the city of South Bend, especially minority populations. Right. And so um, we have some offices that do outreach. Um, a colleague of mine, Kara Herring, is the um, director of um, community out uh, director of public relations. She does community. I'm sorry. She's the director of public affairs for the University of Notre Dame. She does outreach and. There are many offices that are doing outreach. I do very little, um, and a lot of the black community lives on the west side or the northwest side or the south side. I live on the north side of, of Notre Dame. My community is very diverse, but it's not a black community, right? And so um, I, I'm not entrenched in the black community with, you know, I do some work in different neighborhoods, but I'm not completely entrenched. So I, I'm not criticizing the the people who feel like Mayor Pete has let them down, because I don't live their experience. You know, I I have to say I come from a a place of privilege in this sense, because I can call the mayor, I can get a meeting in, you know, in the mayor's office or meet with other city officials. One of my good friends is their diversity officer. We collaborate often. So I I just have a different lens. But I I do understand that there are thousands of people in, in black communities that feel let down, and they probably are let down in many ways. Um, so I I can't yeah I I can't really defend and say no Mayor Pete's doing great and I don't believe the black community no the black community is speaking their truth and their experience um, mm-hmm. but I also see that Mayor Pete is trying to do some stuff and he um, probably left now that he's on the campaign trail uh, but I think that he's um, sincerely a um, you know a caring compassionate individual
1: it and. So, yeah. For those of you who are just tuning in, we are speaking with Bring It On contributor and University of Notre Dame Director of Diversity and Inclusion, Eric Love. Um, Eric has been speaking with us this evening about the recent um, police shooting of Eric Logan okay. and the fallout from that in Mayor Pete Buttigieg's town of South Bend, Indiana. And we're going to continue speaking with him um, for the next little while until we wrap up this evening. So if you're just joining in, um, that's what we've been talking about tonight um, and about the various things that have been unfolding in South Bend. um, As, uh, you know, there was a town hall that happened after the shooting. And um, if you're not aware, that shooting took place on June the 16th and Eric Logan's family has filed a, um, a lawsuit. Um, the officer who um, was involved in the shooting is currently on administrative leave, and um, Mr. Logan's family is claiming that the, it was um, a, race, a racially motivated shooting. And um, the fallout from this, of course, has been following Mayor Pete around the country as he is, of course, seeking the Democratic nomination for the presidency. So we, of course, um, we're very grateful that you are here on the show with us tonight, um, Eric, and uh, we're going to continue talking, but we just wanted to do a yeah. quick, quick identification for any viewers, uh, any listeners, sorry, not viewers, who have uh, joined us partway through the show this evening.
0: And One thing I love about Bring It On is that we have different perspectives um, on most things, and so I, I love the questions you're asking, and um, even though I can't answer all of them fully, I think you're you're bringing up some very good issues and e- excellent questions and so I am loving the discussion.
2: Well, I'm I'm glad you really like our questions, Eric, because I have another one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Real I got well, a couple to go, it go. Goes. William, go. Okay, yeah, go. Ahead. Now, <laughs> ready.
2: would would you agree that there is no path to the Democratic nomination without the black vote? Absolutely. Okay, so Mayor Pete is polling so badly among African Americans. I mean that it's a a tall a tall order for him to to be able to increase the level of support that he'll need. Realistically speaking, does this mean his campaign is is uh effectively over already?
0: Yeah. No, I I wouldn't say that only because Three years ago, I was on vacation with my mom in England and visiting English relatives in Wales and England and Northern Ireland. And everyone kept saying, "What's going on with Donald Trump? Is he going to win?" And I'm like, "There's no way. He will never win. There's no way. I guarantee that he would not win." To my English relatives, and he won. So I think in the political, <laughs> the political world of today, you never know what's going to happen.
2: The difference is Donald Donald Trump started out polling at the top. Yeah. Unlike Mayor Pete who uh, among African Americans like we mentioned earlier in the show at 0% in South Carolina.
0: Yeah, I I would say I won't say that his campaign is over but I would say it's in trouble.
2: Okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah, I I can't say that it's over because I he's one of my favorites in in the race and not just because of my personal interaction with him. I love how he answers questions. I love a lot of his policy issues. I love how he takes on Trump. You know, like, nobody else is going for Trump's um, record of, you know, skipping, skipping the military. He's, um, you know, Mayor Pete served in the military. And uh, so for Trump to make decisions about going to war or sending our troops into harm's way when he himself avoided that um, because he was wealthy enough to avoid the draft and dodge the draft with fake bone spurs, um, I love how Pete goes after him. So, I, I guess I'm a little, I'm a little biased, but I, I just don't think his campaign is over yet. I think there's still some hope, and possibly, maybe not as president, but as a vice presidential
2: candidate. Who knows?
1: Interesting. Okay. I mean, we've had a couple of. Very interesting debates this past week. Uh, you know, we have such a large Democratic field. Twenty, what are we? Mm-hmm. Twenty-three candidates. <laughs> yeah. Every day I wake up and someone else is a, someone else is announced. So you know,
0: there are people I didn't even know that were <laughs> I never even heard of that <laughs> were on
1: this- <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, twenty-three candidates. Um, a very large field. Um, two very interesting debates over two nights. Um, I actually, uh, I would you said that you, th- you think that he has some very interesting policy positions. Um, I mean, honestly, I-, I think he's just another white guy who went to Harvard. So let me just, you know, really, I mean, yeah. let- I think he's another white guy who went to Harvard. Let me just put my cards on the table. So, uh, you know, compared to some of the other folks in this very large field, I mean, not not a lot of them are very impressive, actually. A lot of them seem to not have a whole lot to say about a lot of things. But yeah. the debates actually shook uh, a few interesting people up to the top. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to things that I find fairly relevant to poor people, black people you know, black and brown people, working class people, people who are incredibly impoverished and people who are carrying student loan debt, who are poor, you know,
0: I'm hearing you right there. (laughs) Yes,
1: right. Yeah. I mean, let's I mean, what do you you, I mean, okay, Mayor Pete served in the military, that's nice. But what does he I mean, I mean, what does he really have to say about folks who are? you know, going to be paying off student loan debt for the next 40 years or, you know, people who are working three jobs and still can't, you know, pay their mortgage or can't even dream about buying a house. Um, You know, I mean, health insurance. Um, I mean, I don't know. Talk to me, Eric. Yeah,
0: well, I'm not an expert on all things Mayor Pete.
1: No, um, I, no, but you talked about the fact that you liked his policy positions, and, I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at this field and looking at these debates from last week, and I'm thinking that some of the other folks had things that were a little bit more interesting and more relevant and more practical on some of those issues.
0: Yeah, so why don't, why don't you share who you thought were was the winners coming out of the debate?
1: I was actually, pl- on. I was shockingly surprised... <laughs> by a few folks i i mean i'm keeping an open mind at this point because it's still such early days like you said i mean we're still really early in the game and who knows what's going to happen especially with such a large field um i thought that um i've been sneakingly impressed um i was actually quite impressed with how kamala harris performed in the debates Um, I'm still not happy with her past record as a prosecutor. Um, I would like for her to come out and make some very um, large statements about her time in California, because, uh, you know, she, she really has done some things that I'm not happy about. And she would need to cut some ties with her past record as a prosecutor before I think I could in good conscience, vote for her. Quite frankly, yeah. But her, but her performance in the debate was really, really strong. So if so I'm you, if I'm looking at how she performed in the debate, it was great. Uh, in terms of how she's been performing all along over the last several months, I've been very impressed with Elizabeth Warren. Me too. And she actually has real policy on yeah. student loan, on health care, on things that are actually going to help you know, poor people on, you know, who are actually on on the upcoming generation of young people who are struggling to really get ahead and make a contribution to society, the people who, you know, we need to, you know... Build the next, you know, the infrastructure in the next generation. So I, I was really impressed with Elizabeth Warren. I was really impressed with Kamala Harris. Um, Castro, my goodness, Julian Castro. Julian did Castro. Did. I was like, goodness, uh, I may have to take another look at you. i you know, Booker, did I'm glad did. in terms of the debate.
0: We're taking another look at him because um, I think he has been kind of a sleeper or hasn't hasn't had the attention that he slapped
1: around a few people and made me wake up. You know, so um, but yeah. In, sub- in terms of the debate, those oh. are the three that I was most yeah. impressed by. I have to say, but I've been impressed by Warren coming on for the last several months. Actually, yeah,
0: yeah. I I would say Warren has been probably my my top candidate. She has the most
1: um, in depth, substantive, substantive all- policy positions all across the right. board. Hey, right. Eric, oh, well thought out, well planned. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so you and I actually agree on that.
2: Here is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to read something here. And I think this uh, illustrates the hill that Mayor Pete is going to have to climb. Uh, And this was an article in the Daily Beast. And it says a few weeks ago, a prominent black leader posed what seemed like a simple question to South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg during a private meeting. uh, Who in the African-American community back home supports you? He didn't name anybody. That leader said in an interview with the Daily Beast, if he's got young black supporters, they do have names. But he couldn't name anybody.
1: Ooh. Ouch.
2: Your thoughts?
0: I, I think he probably had supporters, but when I think about his most vocal supporters, they're in his administration. <laughs> so
1: they, they work the running his campaign
0: <laughs> not not his campaign, but um they actually work with him um yeah i I do know black supporters who who support him and uh, and I certainly have i have donated to his campaign, not yeah. because he's my yeah um top choice, but because I wanted him in in the mix, and I wanted to contribute um I've also contributed to cory <laughs> Cory Booker, oh stop well. So, um, I used to
1: live in New Jersey. I'm going to need for Corey to sit down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give him a chance. He's been, he's been fighting for a few years on some stuff. So, um, But, yeah. His ties uh, to
1: Big Pharma are so problematic. <laughs> oh, and dear. charter schools. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So, as a Democratic Party, they have a lot, they have a lot to work out. I think yeah. we're going to be weeded out. I think there's going to be a lot of shifts. People will rise and fall and rise and fall. Um who knows who'll end up at the top um I like that um Elizabeth Warren is there. I like you know some of the same people that you mentioned um but I would not um I hope Mayor Pete stays in for a while. I think he does have something to offer um to the party, and uh I think he'll he'll bring some substance so if he can get over some of some of the issues he's currently facing
2: so uh on, on another issue, I think we kind of touched on this earlier. Um, you know, 600-pound gorillas don't like to be ignored, right? So at some point, uh, Mayor Pete is going to face an issue uh, from the public where Americans are going to have to, or uh, if he makes it this far, but are Americans ready to see two men sleeping in the White House?
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> look! I don't know if America's ready for a woman in the White House. I mean, we're talking about an extremely bigoted nation. Let's be clear. Yes,
2: that—that's I mean, a real issue, though, isn't
1: it? We, we don't have to actually see them sleeping. <laughs> I,
0: Co- cohabitating in the white <laughs>
1: okay, Are they even okay. ready to see the two of them holding hands in public? This is a heck of yeah. a this nation is so bigoted. Come on. He he
0: kissed his partner when he announced that he was running for president at the end. He he his partner came out, Chastin, and they um he kissed him, and I was surprised they did it, but Good for them. Openly gay and he's married. What <laughs> you know, we yeah. wouldn't have and it was a I'd rather see Chastin and Mayor Pete kiss and see
1: Trump kiss anyone. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are out of time, unfortunately. It has, been, um, it has been our pleasure, our thanks to Bring It On contributor and Notre Dame University Director of Diversity and Inclusion, Eric Love, for joining us to further explore the Eric Logan shooting incident and its effect on police relations in South Bend's black community and Mayor Pete Buttigieg's presidential hopes.
2: Bring It On has an open submission yeah. policy. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry.
0: No, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Okay. Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for this program, we want to hear it. Send your emails to our volunteer staff. The address is on at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share any and everything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond email address once again is bring it on at wfhb.org
1: bring it on is indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the african-american community here on wfhb 91.3 fm and live on the web at wfhb.org Are you a tweeter? You're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Go to Twitter.com and search for WFHB News or you can always visit WFHB's news website at wfhb.org slash news. Once again, thanks to our Bring It On contributor and Notre Dame University Director of Diversity and Inclusion, Eric Love, for joining us this evening to explore the Eric Logan shooting incident and its effect on police relations in South Bend's black community and Mayor Pete Buttigieg's presidential hopes. Eric, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
2: Give them hell, Eric. Our show's producer is Clarence Boone. Our thanks for all the expert and timely support from Wes Martin, former WFHB News Department director who is moving on to greener pastures in Boston. Tonight's board engineer is Chantel LaFontant. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effium with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm William Hosea.
1: And I'm Amrita chakrabarty Myers. Tune in next Monday, July the 8th at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana.